Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Shoes. According to Dave Meltzer, and this is speculation. Okay. The new AEW Saturday show seems like it was greenlit largely on the basis of CM Punk's return. Mm. And Meltzer is spitballing that based on the medium price that Time Warner pays for primetime programming, this show could mean something in the neighborhood of $52 million a year to AEW's balance sheet. What? Sheesh. Okay. Tell me five wrestlers in the world who were worth $52 million a year to their company. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. Uh, I guess this is, uh, I guess, two Brock Lesnar's, right? You can do two <laughs> Brock Lesnar's in there. Uh, you could sprinkle in uh, a tribal chief. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think that's two, I think that's two and a half Lesnar's and a, and a tribal chief. At least. Maybe, I think Logan Paul probably in there and then McAfee. You think all those together are worth 52? I think, I think a year per year. Oh, gotta be, right? Like I'm I'm thinking. Oh, no. I think I was wondering if you think, is there anybody who's one person who brings in $52 million worth of tickets and t shirts and ice cream bars? Roman's got to be worth something like it's that, gotta right? It's got to be. Yeah, like if if you're if we're doing like the bad boy uh record sort of like school of taking people for what they're actually worth instead of what they're signed to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Roman's uh worth drives at, at least uh, it's got to be close to nine figures at this point. Can't think how many stadium shows they've done, how many Saudi shows, how many all that stuff. Like he's got to be up there. Right? Yeah, I think this is a bigger conversation than a cold open question, so let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. 
Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to You are listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz, special Friday edition. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Shoes. How about yourself, man? Doing good. My very special... Uh, excuse for not recording yesterday actually didn't happen, but I mowed the yard front and back. That's which fire. is a big deal. That's always a good deal. That's always a good look on the weekday. You got yeah. to sneak in some weekend work on the weekday. That's always good. My week, I I usually work on the weekend. I stay busy. I, I'm busier on the weekend. I feel like than I am during the week. Yeah, not the the weekends is usually like my my mow. I don't mow the lawn, but I like call someone to come mow the lawn. <laughs> and, we used to uh, do that. We moved it when we moved out to the the suburbs. Yeah. The, they, yeah the, everybody said, well, you just call a lawn service. Like, you know, one mows their yard. Yeah. And, I, and, and they I got, got shamed. It. I, I had, a, first off, I had a whack-ass lawnmower when I first, like, got the house and I started trying to, like, mow the lawn mm-hmm. to myself. First off, I didn't realize how difficult it was to do. So I was like, shit, my lawn doesn't look like these other guys' lawns. And that's when <laughs> I found out that's when I found out everybody just calls lawn care service. So I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So uh, they, yeah, that's it, that's what I use my weekends for. Usually. In Princeton, New Jersey, they've got it down to a science. It's forty. <laughs> it's forty bucks for your lawn to get mowed, which is exactly what I call the fu point in pricing. It's like if someone asked you to do it for them, would you for for that amount of money? If you would say like fu, I'm not going to yeah. do it. Then yeah. that's the right amount of money to pay for it, right? <laughs> your neighbor solid, came over. If your that's neighbor a solid process, yeah. Your neighbor came over and he was like, "Hey, I was wondering if you'd feed my dog. I'll give you five dollars." You know, you'd be like, "No, f you." Like whatever, yeah. you know. But if someone's willing to do it for five, then you've got it. That's great. Um, but every lawn service here, I don't. I assume this is sort of Princeton specific. But okay. everyone here, they have nice vans. I mean, like, yeah, vans, nice pickup trucks, nice equipment, everything. But they all have almost the same name, I think, just to sort of like <laughs> confuse you into getting getting business from someone else. Yeah. But they're all like the new dawn, the new morning, whatever. And so, of course, when I had to choose, I just picked the new day lawn service without <laughs> hesitation. <laughs> That is a that mm, I got I got to golf clap that one. That is that is how you tie that into a wrestling show. My wife's like, did God you do that. the research? I'm like, yeah. What no research need. needs to be done? No need. <laughs> yeah. Ten time tag team champions. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's God. talk about real wrestling and not just yeah. uh, uh, lawn mowing. Um, so. We're going to be talking about CM Punk till he pops up. And then as soon as he's a real wrestler, I feel like it's going to go back to just to sort of, you know, we're going to be like, oh, he's just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, so CM Punk looks like he's definitely back. Um, this Meltzer thing was sort of wild. I mean, obviously, this is I'm looping in a lot of stuff, but it's like they you get paid $50 million ish to have a primetime show on a Time Warner, you know, on, on TBS or TNT, one of these big Time Warner Discovery channels. And CM Punk was the linchpin in the whole thing. I still find it impossible to believe that there's been no effort to resolve any of the uh, animus backstage or whatever. But let's just say, let's just set all that aside. Forget, forget all the rampage and dark, which isn't even really on. And I mean, it's on terrestrial television. Even forget Ring of Honor for a second. Now there's two primetime AEW shows that are big deals to the parent company. 
this is, I feel like the CM Punk thing is almost sort of overshadowing how big of a deal this is. Am I crazy? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of talked about this the other day saying, wow, we're actually pretty close to having the AEW TV every single every day. day. Yeah. All right. And that's, this is, this is more of an investment that Turner put into AEW than they ever put into WCW, I think, mm-hmm. right? Like, just as far as uh, TV um, exposure. But it, it, it's it's it says a lot about how much Turner believes in pro wrestling. And, and that's really dope. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that... Remember when um, CM Punk was on Fox and we all sort of speculated, well, you know, eventually... They're Fox say, Sports, hey, yeah. Fox Sports. <laughs> and, sorry. And, um, you know, as these Fox deals were coming for SmackDown... This isn't Charlie Caruso we're talking about here, but go on. Lordy, lordy. You're a step right past that one. Um, When it came to CM Punk, remember we always used to talk about, well, you know, one of these days, Fox is going to be like, you know, we'll pay X amount of dollars and make sure CM Punk is part of WWE, a part of SmackDown. I almost think that was They they did that. They did that. Right. Okay. So, I mean, listen... It really shows just how much, you know, locker room BS probably doesn't really factor up in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, let's think about what exactly CM Punk was mad at. Let's let's just go back to exactly what, what started Brawl Out. Uh-huh. And the big thing he said was, you got people call themselves EVPs that couldn't run a Walmart or couldn't run a CVS, <laughs> whatever the hell he said, right? And, and some, like... <laughs> In some wild version of happenstance, Punk is sort of proving he's probably a better EVP without being involved. No, wait. He, and and, and don't, listen, every single time he's come around, even without even showing up, he has meant extra dollars for AEW. Point blank period. Like, he has been... He has been the the main focal. You just mean he's more valuable to the company. He's not yes. a better. He's not a better front office administrator or like the way that you... off off of the back of his name, AEW just made seven more, eight added eight more figures to their bottom line, just off the value of his name. No, I know. Twenty twenty three. I just am taking exception to the EVP. Like the whole EVP thing is kind of. But I'm saying silly that's to how, begin I'm, with, but like, but like John Cena is worth more to was worth more to WWE than CM Punk is to AEW, maybe. But like, no one thought that John Cena should be overseeing like ad promo or the HR mm, department or something. Okay, but anyway, okay. sorry. Go but ahead. I'm saying I'm saying that's what started the conversation, though. And it kind of it's just funny how it all circled back to okay, like who's really more valuable, and that's probably why this standoff even happened in the be- in the first place, right? Sure. It's like well, Punk thought he could thought he had the standing to say it. I mean, yeah. that's the that's I mean, he's a truth teller, but like it doesn't matter if you're a truth teller or nobody's listening, right? If yeah. a mic, if a mic drops in the woods and no one's allowed to hear it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, a it's, it is an interesting, it is an interesting situation they find themselves in. It's very interesting because it could almost make the situation worse, right? Like what happens if, well, this, here we, this let collision me, show we, we do a thing views. on this show a lot where we talk about, we compare wrestling to the NBA and it's all happenstance, but we're watching, I mean, just last night we saw the Warriors win a game without Draymond Green. And this has been, well, Draymond has been his own storyline for his whole career or you know, for most of the Warriors championship run. But he started off this year by punching his teammate in practice yes. on video. We talked <laughs> yes. about it on this show. And, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about the situation, about the team, all that stuff. But what happens after that is that the team has to come forward and everybody has to say, listen, 
like the far end is like that's Draymond. Draymond's Draymond. We know, like whatever. Draymond has to formally apologize, but like it doesn't. Like you know, they they just kind of sweep it under the rug for a lot of reasons. One, right. because they're contractually obligated to him, and like if they did want to trade him, they'd have to make they kind of rehab him a little bit. But that's that's not really the main thing. The main thing was that like if they're gonna win, they need him. Right. They need everybody to be on the same page. You kind of got to like paper over it a little bit. I'm sure that they were like, dude, you got to apologize. But like, you know, we got your back a little bit. Right. It's and, not and, this isn't and, so much different. The different the biggest difference with AEW is. Winning in wrestling is scripted, right? Mm. They're like six. And, and, and to some extent, success feels scripted. Now, you can say, obviously, you can look back and say Hogan was the biggest draw of the 80s or, you know, Ric Flair drew X number of people into houses or who, whatever. Roman Reigns now, Cody Rhodes, whatever you want, however, whatever, you know, you can look back, you can look and point at numbers and use that as the explanation. But, like, if at the time of Brawl Out, if CM, let's say if CM Punk hadn't been injured, if they had been able to say, we're not going to make the playoffs without CM Punk, then that would have been a different conversation, right? Because it's not as concrete as it is in professional sports. Now you see these dollar figures and in pro wrestling terms, that's about as concrete as it gets, right? And now the big problem now is that all this time has passed and no bridges have been, no fences have been mended or whatever you want to say. I mean, to our knowledge, to our knowledge. No, for, no, no, for no. Our, yes, you know. right. You're right. But 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 to as far as we know, you know, there's all this, like, Time has lapsed when other when when in basketball or whatever they would have been forced to face you know get in the same room and figure right. it out. Right. And the other thing with basketball is like you can't you can't you know you're not going to send Draymond to the D League and like get his rebound somehow magically transposed into the uh, onto the Warriors right. You have to be in the same room all the time uh, and play together. It's like if in wrestling if there was just a battle royal every week right and and everybody had to be in it. But so it's just a weird situation. All that is to say, it's weird to me if, if they haven't tried to get to get get in the same room. Oh, sorry. Mm. It's weird to me if they haven't tried to get in the same room and, and hash it out. Um, but it's but it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like this is that big of a deal. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of. What I, I boil it down to as well, right? Like, worst things have happened backstage to people that they've gotten over and folks have even, you know, worked together uh, pretty famously afterwards, right? Um, I think the one thing that makes this a little bit different, though, is that with, you know, with, with Punk, he can't, it's not like a Draymond situation, right? Like, yeah, they, they don't have to work together, but they still kind of do. Like, the fact that CM Punk is is going to be the main vo focal point of this brand new show means he's either going to have to address it somehow or like, you know, if Punk is the truth teller and the guy that he says he is, like that first promo that he cuts is going to have to at least somehow address why he's been gone for so long and what happened and like the conversations that has happened. Like, I don't see him glossing over that. I don't see, you know, those press conferences that they, ha that they have after big shows I don't see reporters not asking him those type of questions. He's been quiet for a minute. He hasn't said shit, you know? So by the time he does come back, he needs to be prepared to at least address that in some way, shape, or form, even if he yeah. hasn't addressed it with Kenny and the Well, this is what I, this is what I was going to say. You're, you, you, have a, you have a little kid, little, you little bitty kid. Very you're pr you're probably not quite here yet. Brian, <laughs> producer Brian H. Waters can hop on and back me up on this. Sometimes 
when you're and I don't mean to to demean CM Punk by like calling him a child, oh. but when you're like, but when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to sort of like teach your kid a lesson or like something, you know, they do something bad. Like it's nice that they apologize, but what you really want is a framework for it not happening again, right? Okay. Like that the the you know the apology is sweet and heartwarming, but you got to be like, dude, you just can't run out, you can't dart off by the street, you just can't do it ever again. You know, I mean, it's like we got to we got to. We, we just got to make get that through your head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the deal with punk. It's like, if I was going to work with him, and this is just knowing what we know, I mean, knowing what we think we know, but it's like, dude, you can get in the ring with somebody and have a match. And, you know, there's no reason to believe punk's going to be unsafe in the ring or anything like that. I mean, that would be, that would be the bridge too far in wrestling. All you, but all I really want to know is like, dude, I just want to, like, it's, I just don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt and then have him run me down in a, scrum again i don't want him to get in front of a microphone and and make fun of me and my colleagues like that's that's too much so if if punk can be just like listen i'm not like whatever i am who i am but i promise i'm not going to run my mouth to the media anymore um then that's something you can work with honestly in this day and age say whatever the hell you want on twitter if you can if anybody can find you on twitter without your blue check mark say whatever the (laughs) hell you want because we can turn because there is the presumption of work shoot Every day on Twitter, right? You could mm-hmm. go, I get, not me, you know, any wrestler could jump on Twitter right now. Freaking, uh, who, I, who uh, Carmelo Hayes could jump on Twitter and just be like, Roman Reigns is a racist. <laughs> like whatever, like the meanest thing you could say is, and Jesus. people would be like, is he working? I think he's probably working, you know? Uh, like, uh, well, maybe that would be too much. I might be the bridge too far. Roman Reigns, <laughs> not a racist for the record. And there's uh, not. Not, not a problem. No, but I mean, the the I just think that you know you can say whatever you want on Twitter, but you just gotta yeah. like say I'm not gonna do this thing. I feel like that's more important than like the handshake, the hug, the back pat, whatever's gonna come after it. It doesn't matter. We're gonna yeah. get a show. And and wrestling's so weird that like I don't think people want that. I think people realize that like there's money in that built-in animosity between two separate sides of well, where yeah. AEW is, right? So totally. I don't think anybody wants the big kumbaya moment. They just want to see how they're going to address this. I, I don't think, you know, call me call me a mark or whatever, but like, I don't think the whole controversy was that bad to begin with. Like, the first thing I was thinking about after that press conference is, well, this is going to make for an incredible double what? or nothing or for an incredible <laughs> whatever's coming up next. Until I found out like how real this shit was, I was just like, oh, oh, that's just the shame. It's so because funny, though. We said, But we said that last week. I think I said it last time. That once you get it in the ring, once you, there's a whiff that you're getting into the ring, then it fizzles out a little bit, right? Like, look yeah. at um, look at uh, Claudio Eddy, right? And, mm. you know, I mean, they had a, they had a hell of a match, man. Uh, I, that was and I love both those guys and love that those are the two central guys at the top of the I mean, sorry, but the ring of honor power rankings, like whatever. But like, man, Eddie spent the better part of a decade. Like saying how much he hated Claudio, <laughs> right? I mean, they, like every time, every chance he got and when you and and. Because Eddie is who he is, you never knew if he was being serious or not. And that's, right. that is the beauty of his person, of his character, of everything else, right? Um, but once Eddie quit, quote unquote, quit AEW and shows up in Ring of Honor, you can still be very excited about the match. But the heat of the real life feud is out the window because, you know, at a bare minimum, they decided to get in the ring. And by the way, Eddie's had some backstage stuff. Generally, he's not that guy, but like... 
you know, all it takes is one time before I'm sure as the management, you're like, you're not going to leave this up to chance, right? You're not going to say like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. You're going to have that conversation. You're going to make sure you're going to believe that it's going to be fine. So as a fan, you're watching and you're like, okay, cool. I love that they sort of used to really hate each other maybe, but like now they're, now they're colleagues working together. Is mm -hmm. there a better way to book that to make it seem like to, to keep the tension going? Like, like you almost would have to have like a fan vote. Like, who do you want Claudio to face in the main event, right? The fans vote in Eddie. Like, you got to do some work shooty thing where, like, you delete the tweet, right? right or something. Right. And then, like, you try to repost it. And then it still doesn't go your way. And Tony does a thing where he, like, refuses to talk about it a couple times in an interview or something. And then, like, okay, fine. No build for this match at all. Like, literally no on-air build. Just like a, like a... Like the, you know, when you would watch an old WWF commercial or something and it would be just like, and a world championship match, but they wouldn't tell you anything about it because it was okay. like Hogan versus, you know, uh, Killer Khan or something. But like, yes. So like that would be the only way to, to keep that tension going. Right. I mean, how else do you do it? Because once you, once it's, once it's announced that magic is gone. To an extent though, to an extent, mm -hmm. because now let's think of Matt Hardy and Edge, right? Like, true, you're going to watch it with a different sort of eye. Like, even if they're working together, there's still going to be moments we're going to be like, oh, he, 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 he leaned into that punch a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, he really, like, spiked that one pretty hard. And, like, at the end of the day, they're all professionals and, <laughs> you know, money makes the world go around. So they know if something's going to draw money, they could do it begrudgingly as hell. And... Lord knows we've seen people in real life who truly still can't stand each other, still find ways to work together and still have a certain level of respect for each other, even though they don't like each other. Right. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, Punk and Omega have to have some level of respect for each other to even continue to work in the same company together. Right. And especially at the levels that they're both at, and especially given everything that's transpired between all, all those parties. But when it comes to, um, this particular situation, I think the way you kind of keep the heat on it is just addressing it head on, man. Like, that's what made Punk, that's what makes Punk so interesting. He's the most interesting average motherfucker in the history of wrestling, right? Like, like on the outside looking in, like, if you see him, like, walking through uh, a, a, a schoolyard or, or, or a bar or does two places he'll never be, by the way. Well, I don't know why those two places just came up in my mind. <laughs> But if you just see him in real life, there's literally nothing <laughs> special about him. There's literally nothing special about him. You see, you see guys like him walk around downtown New York all the time, right? But what makes Punk special is his ability to truth tell and his ability to cut promos and his ability to have that connection with that hardcore okay. wrestling fan base. So mm -hmm. if you do anything but deviate from the fact that like this shit really happened and we got to address it head on and be honest in the fact that like, hey man. I've worked with motherfuckers I don't like for years. What's what's three more people? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if if Punk cut a promo, uh -huh. we're so this we're so in the weeds right now. Six months from now, whatever, or maybe they do it for All In, leading right. up to All In. This let's just say Punk versus Omega. You know, whatever it's announced. So if Punk cuts a promo on Dynamo, or sorry, on Saturday Night, whatever it's called, Collision. Mm. If Punk cuts a promo, where he's like, he's like you know, say doing his regular shtick and then it's halfway through. He's just like, let me say something to you, Tony. I will wrestle your golden child at all in. 
I will, I will be a professional. I will do that for you and for the paycheck you're cutting me, but I will not lose to that piece of shit. Mm. If he said that on TV, would you, would that make you interested in what's going to happen in the match? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd be, I'd be hella interested in that. I'd take it a step further. What if that happens? Punk and Kenny have the match and it's straight. Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan in SummerSlam, right? Or mm. like Kenny Omega is just doing the most obnoxious bumping around for CM Punk and Punk is just kind of looking at him. You know what I mean? And then like yeah. after a while, Punk just stops and just like shoves him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. Like, you're trying to show me up type of shit. And then like, it really happens. You know what I'm saying? And then like, they just call the match off and Tony Khan runs and is like, I'm sorry, I, w- I thought I could do this. And I love you know, that idea. Blah, 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 and you, like, so they, they start off them. as professionals, but then they just get pissed off. They just get pissed off at each other. And then Kenny just fucking just shows him up and does like <laughs> super obnoxious Shawn Michaels bumps like he was doing against Hulk Hogan uh, at that SummerSlam. And Kenny just pretty much looks at Punk and basically like, dude, at the end of the day, you still can't even hang with me. So what are we even doing I want to start a Yeah, we should start our own wrestling company that's just strictly based on <laughs> real world <laughs> beef. And so we, we're going to run out of booking strategies so fast. The real, the, our, the real Beef Wrestling Federation, <laughs> RBWF. And, and listen... Real beef sounds so bad. It has multiple meanings. There's gonna be the real, real meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> um, we gotta trademark that. Like, get get Bill on the phone, please. Call the lawyers. Let's trademark that immediately. That could be it, our that could be our rough and rowdy. Like how Barstool has their shit, we could just do it in a real way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But the um, real wrestlers got And there. we had to bring back the old guys. It's just like, you know, whatever Marty Jannetty and Greg Valentine are beefing on, <laughs> on the on the on the on the autograph circuit. We just gotta get him in the ring. Oh um, my gosh. We get uh, Virgil with everyone. <laughs> Virgil's the champion. Virgil oh, yeah. Vir- Virgil's, Virgil's the be, day one title holder. Virgil would be booked like the tribal chief in our in our in our company. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Speaking of uh, speaking of Virgil, this is a great segue. Wow. Did you see 
Did you see, I was going to save this for sell or no sell, but we should do this. Um, Ted DiBiase, not the senior, but the junior has been officially charged with multiple felonies in mm. uh, connection to him siphoning off money in the state of Mississippi. Damn. Said so he was out here living his raps for real. <laughs> like, oh my fucking, God. This ain't no game. It's not uh, every day. It's not every day that a, re- a squared circle Reddit post is linking out to the Department of Justice as opposed God, to like damn. a tweet about something. Um, damn, yeah, one he, time for legacy, yo. One time mm-hmm. for legacy. Could have mm-hmm. could have been great. It Damn, could have been hey, great, guys. You, there, on the one <laughs> hand, you got Cody Rhodes. And on the other hand, uh, you got Theodore Marvin DiBiase Jr., 40 years old, of Madison. Yo, you could um, do like a legacy documentary in the style of like Lenny Cook versus LeBron James in the ABCD camp. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. it was like, when it was like Cody was like, everybody probably thought like Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to be the guy, you know what I mean? And like, he's pretty much the Lenny Cook. And then Cody Rhodes is like LeBron James, a little bit younger, a little bit more wet behind the ears. But, you know, uh, just see how the direction both of those careers went. I mean, my goodness, what a... That's unfortunate, man. But, you know. He's facing a maximum of, I'm trying to do the back of the napkin math here. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, this is, it, it's, yeah, poten- it's, not- it's potentially like 100 years in prison. I mean, lock all those motherfuckers up, though, for real. Because, I mean, anybody that had to do with that whole DiBiase, Brett Favre, uh, siphoning, taking money from the poor and, you know, using it for what, like gyms and just shit a like slush that. Fund, so just, man, yeah, yeah, like, come on, son, like, yeah, like, lock all those motherfuckers up for real. See how that goes. Do you think? Don't sue me, like Pat McAfee <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> Did he get sued for saying that? Apparently, so Ted DiBiase was Ted DiBiase. Now Brett Favre tried to sue Pat McAfee. Uh, for, you know, pretty much call him, you know, allegedly what other people have been calling him. And I guess, uh, he said, uh, that it was, it was damaging to his name. And I guess that's yeah, co- damaging I your think- name. It's really damaging your name when someone says something that you did that's really bad. Yeah, that's really <laughs> true. Also, I mean, that's, that's probably more important than whatever Pat McAfee's saying about you. But apparently that, that case is probably going to be thrown out. But it was a classic clip on his podcast when he was just talking about like, yo, like he's, he's reading the, way, the letter from Brett Favre's lawyers and just you saying, can sue, I'll, I'll you can motherfuckers in court. <laughs> you can sue somebody to try to shut them up all day. That's fine. But don't, if you think that you can sue someone whose job it is to get on the radio every day, mm. who can turn this into content, you think that you're going to intimidate <laughs> them with the fear, with with the threat of spending money at, in a trial? No, yeah, no, <laughs> no way. That's like the worst person. Go after a regular journalist who like doesn't really have a platform and is just you know is and is actually going to be like shit, man. This is going to like mess me up for a while. I have to pay for a lawyer. Yeah, don't go, go the whole Pat McAfee. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> By the way, you stole a bunch of money. Yeah. You know, you whatever. Did. Let's let's let it all shake out before you try to get litigious with everybody else. Um. Anyway, that's Ted DiBiase Jr. Ted DiBiase <laughs> Senior. Ted DiBiase Senior was. Uh, I'm trying to see if he was in here. I, I don't. He's not I on this press release, there, but no. but he's but he is involved. That's crazy, yo. Dude, the the Daily Show did a segment on it a while back, and and uh, they've done a few wrestling things. Um, that I am, uh, there was I was so upset with them for just missing the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase joke. Like they made fun of him for being a silly wrestler, yeah. But it was like 
dude, he was a fake millionaire. Like that was the whole gimmick and you didn't. And that wasn't, that should have been the whole joke anyway. I mean, how can you, how can you do a piece about Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man stealing money from needy people and not show the clip of him kicking the basketball out of that kid's hand? You know, it's yeah, like, it's like, like he did so much clip. diabolical shit. That's when the he- clip, right? <laughs> like they had, they had, they had Vince McMahon gifts out the wazoo when he was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get ready to face, <laughs> face the music. But, you know, I'm like, there's so much ill Ted DiBiase clips. I'm like, he was really out here living his raps, man. Like, he was stealing <laughs> money and, like, doing just terrible things to people less fortunate. Like, how, how do you not create even better content out of that, man? Do we have to do the job for you all yeah. the time? My goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw because there was uh, some good stuff. I want to talk about talking about people who are worth upwards of fifty million dollars. Their company, The Miz. <laughs> talk about it. The Miz and Seth Rollins put on. Is that a certified banger, or should we do? Is there another word? Was that just a five star classic? Yo, I mean, shout out to The Miz. Shout out Seth Rollins. I think he had a a rough night at WrestleMania, <laughs> the Miz, mm-hmm. and and a Two lot nights. of y'all must have forgot, man. Like it was uh, it was probably uh, the Miz's best showing in 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 a long time, probably since he was Intercontinental Champion, uh, having those great matches back then with like Ziggler and uh, and, and a couple of other folks. But don't you love it though? Sometimes where it's like these people that you 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 kind of take for granted could go out there any given night. And just show them how good you are. It's- you remember when we were talking to Woods? We when we interviewed him at one of these events, SummerSlam. I don't know. It was a while ago. Okay. And it's Xavier Woods for the record. And he had just had that Monday Night Raw match with with Riddle. That was just insane. Yes. Just like such a good match. And we were done interviewing him. I think I think this was off the air. And I was just like, dude, that match was so crazy good. Like, how is like, what is the mindset of that match compared to another match? Like, what? Like, it's not like your other matches are bad, but that's just a different gear, right? And I, it was so, whatever I said. It was something to the effect of, "Why don't I?" I think I very politely was just like, "Dude, why don't you do that in every match?" And he said, "Because I care about my body." <laughs> you know, yeah. he was just like, <laughs> you know, he was like, "I just can't." You know, I'm not going to go out there and just absolutely break my spine every time. But you know, when it's time to have a good match. Dude, I can have a good match. We all know that about him. But that, but but you do get woken up to the by these moments. Miz is, I should say, we're in the midst of our WWE, our Ringer Wrestling Show WWE draft right now. Uh, I think on Monday we will begin be opening opening up about the draft order. Mm. We very, this show, very controversial draft, by the way. We very can't really talk about it much here because Brian's are <laughs> is producing and Kerm is actually the third member of our draft team, and that we're going up against Brian. <laughs> With Kyle and Ben on Wednesday worldwide, and then of course Cheap Heat. Uh, so there's the three of us. So it's the three team snake draft, um, and we're about what six picks in, six seven picks in, something, something like, like that. that. We're almost done. We're just drafting to ten. But the Miz has not been drafted, to the best of my knowledge. Um, and I, I did think going in, I was like, when I was do- doing my little draft board, I was like, where does Miz go on it now? Because shit, man, he's got all this. Like, he's got all this. This kind of tangential value you know it's like he's great he can do the interview segments he's got the reality show thing he's got the 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 pop culture appeal and now we're like we have to just stare down that he can go in the ring like that i mean it's kind of nuts man it's kind of it's it's wild that we we forget i mean he is is a former world champion he's been the grand slam champion twice like 
But my whole thing is like, what happens next week? Like, if he goes back to doing like comedy shtick or just going back to doing whatever he was doing before, you know what I mean? It doesn't really hit the same. But is this going to be like a, is Miz about to like have his John Cena run like in his late career surge where he's like, you know what? Like every week I'm just going to go out and just have the best match on the fucking card. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care where you, where you put me at. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go out and just do that for the next like six months or something. Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing the thing with Rollins is he's incredibly. I mean, listen, Rollins is a top flight. When we're talking, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to reveal too much about the draft, but um, Rollins is way up there. I don't think that'll surprise anybody. Of course. And um, he's just incredibly gifted. He can do absolutely everything. He is the five tool guy that 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 is almost burdened by his tools. Right? He can do too much too well. He's too dependable. Blah blah blah. But um, and he can have a great match night any night of the week, like you said, right? It's not he's and I guess in retrospect, he's definitely had some of the best matches with certain people on the roster. Like he's gotten, but I don't always think about him as an elevator. I think about him as a as a get the as a sort of like guys can meet him, right? He's a great dance partner, but I always don't think of him as as someone who turns guys into in the course of a match into something bigger than we're, we're used to seeing them and i guess that's i'm doing him a disservice because he can because he is i mean that you got to give him so much credit for that and for like every fucking match he has man he got a f- four and a half star match out of a guy who's not a wrestler at wrestlemania you know yeah. i mean and that you can say what you will about logan paul but the, you got to give seth credit for all that stuff i don't know i would love to see i would love to see a seth Rollins championship run title run at some point yeah where he's he just kinda, did, where he tried to do where, where where it was just a banger after banger situation you know like he, he just he just wants to have great matches like roman is definitely the biggest star in the company but like seth is the glue that keeps that whole place together i think mm-hmm. right like you mentioned him being too good at too many things but you know you can make him heal you can make him face you can have him you know, be a show stealer, and now you can have him elevate guys who are veterans. The Miz has been around way longer than Seth Rollins has, and immediately in one weekend, he turns him back into a very serious competitor, even in a loss, which is really hard to do. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think maybe sometimes we don't give Seth Rollins enough credit. Like, I think maybe a championship run is what does it one more time. I don't know if it's you know, maybe I don't know if he's the guy that ends the tribal chief streak. I don't know if it's a Seth Cody sort of rivalry in the next year or two when they when they when they run it back if Cody ever wins the title. But I think now it'll be really interesting to see Seth a champion as like this sort of, you know, fan favorite pseudo joker laughing, you know, uh charismatic sort of weirdo <laughs> and see how he could kind of take her from there. Because when he was champion, he's always like this fighting, bleeding heart, baby face champion. And then he was the cowardly heel, you know, with the authority sort of champion. So it'd be really interesting to see it, how he could kind of do this as a tweener one day. Like kind of like how Randy Orton did it maybe a few months, a few years back uh, when he beat Drew McIntyre for the title where it was like, oh man, he's champ again. Yeah. And he's a not necessarily yeah. a good guy, but he's not necessarily a bad guy. But like, this is cool. This is awesome, and this fits. I would book. This has got to be down the line. I would book the the Rollins Reigns reunion 
you know, have like Reigns, maybe Reigns has already dropped the title. He's still with the bloodline. He's still functionally a heel, but then he like comes to Rollins' aid at some point when Rollins is getting beat down. And we have like the two man, you know, like we th- these two guys are like the mega, the new mega powers or whatever. And it just all ends with Roman hitting cha- Seth from behind with a chair just to get him back for all those years ago. Oh, God. Just, I love that just too take much. It out. I um, love that too much. Yes. Drag it out. You know, you could, you could go months before the chair shot, but you know, whatever. Um, but you mentioned uh, Randy Orton. I'm going to grab hold of that segue too. Um, uh, there is a, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter has a uh, list of the current injured or injured WWE wrestlers. The current injuries on the WWE roster. Uh, unusually high number of injuries and medical absences right now, mostly in developmental, which, you know, probably means they're just taking better care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's really reckless back there. Who knows? Uh, but I assume they're just, they're just identifying injuries and letting people heal at this time of year in particular. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Amari Miller, Ariana Grace, your girl Nikita Lyons, Roddy Strong. Roddy Strong's a weird one because he was like trying to get released for it seemed like for a while. And then now he's just sort of like sitting back. Maybe he's, you know, collecting the checks while he's while he's recovering. Right. Um, also, man, look at look look at NXT right now and tell me Roddy Strong couldn't be the champion. I mean, he couldn't be like, you know, whatever, and went and and get the red carpet treatment when he showed up on the main roster. Um he's I mean, listen. Uh, you're probably not going to find a lot of bigger like Noam Dar fans than me, but <laughs> when he when he can walk in with that kind of acclaim, you know, with that kind of spot on NXT, the, I mean, Roddy Strong would is like the ultimate warrior running down the aisle or whatever. <laughs> you know? um, He'd get like a Batista pop if he came out. Right now, right? Oh yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just going to skip the rest of these NXT ones. The main the main roster, uh, the key main roster people. Uh, for mostly health reasons, are Big E, which we know, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Ronda Rousey, Kofi Kingston, Robert Roode. I want to come back to him. Tommaso Ciampa, AJ Styles, Aaliyah, Drew McIntyre, Johnny Gargano, and Carmella. Um, I'm glad that that was sort of... Uh, some of these were, were big question marks. We weren't sure where they disappeared to, so it's, uh, it's sort of reassuring in a sick way to know that they're on the injured list. Mm-hmm. Um it was just revealed this week too that that Robert the word we have to say Robert Rude that Bobby Rude was uh it, you know has been out for a long time already but but apparently just had like waited a long time to try to rehab his before he actually went in for the neck fusion surgery or whatever he got so yeah. he's got like another year which is Damn. really sad um one of the absolute best and I'm not one of these guys who's going to sit here and be like he should have been champion you know whatever like it's uh, there's a lot of circumstance involved in that but that guy put together all has already put together a just legendary career. I mean, oh, yeah. just great matches night in and night out. And, uh, and so I hope that we do get to see him again someday. You know, um, we, 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 we mythologized the, the black and gold era of NXT. And like a lot of times we kind of gloss over how fucking over rock Bobby Roode was with that glorious entrance. Like that was a very big part of, of what made NXT sort of rise up as this, Super indie in in within WWE, you know what I mean. So that sucks for Robert Roode, man. I'm I'm a, I've always was a big fan of his, and uh, you know, neck fusion surgery is definitely like a, uh, you know, you never want to have that surgery. So um, I'm hoping he he pulls through and uh, comes back better and stronger, man. If that's what he wants to do. Yeah, Randy Orton's the other big one where it was like there are rumors of him coming back. 
for WrestleMania, and then the news came out of WrestleMania, like, no. <laughs> no it's, it's not close. Uh, no. Um, uh, Ciampa. What do we know about Ciampa? I can't wait. That, that guy, as you know, Kaz, was like on my scribbled list of, of draft prospects. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any, I actually don't have any idea when he's supposed to be back. I don't know if that's a any day now thing or like months into the future. Brian, do you know? Nah, I'm not even sure. Wasn't he around SummerSlam and then it's just like, soon, every time he seems to be getting going, he gets hurt. Uh, it's rough, man. Rough, rough, rough. I mean, it is weird just to look around and think that like, like, Biggie, like these are just the names of people who could, who could without a doubt be in the main event next month if you wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Biggie, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Ronda Rousey, Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre. Jeez. Right? The people that I'm leaving out are Bobby Roode, Ciampa, who else? Aaliyah, Gargano, and Carmella. I mean, obviously, like, you and I could, like, fantasy book Gargano in the title match in about 30 seconds, you know? But, of like, the, but I'm just talking about, like, people who have been there in recent right. in the recent past. Um, that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, I've heard over and over again that there's no talent cuts a coming, but, 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 you know, I'm sure being on the DL is no place anybody wants to be right now. Especially around this time of the year. Definitely don't. I know. Um, we'll see. What, do you, what, what was your, how did you, did you like the Judgment Day Bloodline uh, super group turned uh, into stare down? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought it was I'm super always, cool. I'm always down for a cool stare down. And I, I didn't realize how far apart they both were from their universes until they kind of got face to face. And I know you spoke about how uh, Rhea Ripley is like the facto leader. Mm-hmm. of the Judgment Day and as much as they don't want to say it and as much as they want to say there's no leader she's the leader guys <laughs> like she's the one. well she's like, definitely she's, she's, she's definitely the, the heater she's definitely yeah. the heater she's definitely the muscle of the group she like that that moment where she was staring down Solo and then he moved and then she moved to be with him was just one of the coolest moments I can remember oh, yeah. I mean it's just like what a freaking like that was the moment of the week and there was a, a lot of big stuff that happened um, on Raw Trish Stratus nobody's sidekick you big you 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 a fan of the of of heel Trish? I thought it was I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid, and it, and it was exactly what she needed to say, right? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of felt like WrestleMania wasn't going to be a one off thing. So the the promo I was waiting to hear is okay. Like if you're not a nostalgia act, like the fact that she went up and said, "I'm not a nostalgia act. I'm not a sidekick. I'm one of the best there." And I'm like, all right. So that means we're going to see a healthy amount of Trish from here to at least what SummerSlam. Right, mm-hmm. like, and and see her in some matches, so like that's going to be pretty cool. And not going to hold you, the division really needs some star power, right? Like, there's a lot of like women that I believe in that can eventually get you know to the top of the division, but like you know they've lost a lot of people. Like, there's no Charlotte for the foreseeable future. Obviously, no Mercedes, no Trinity. Uh, Ronda's hurt. You know, uh, God, they they need it. They need that shot in the arm. And if Trish is down to be that person to kind of help it help jack this thing up then that's a that's a good that's a good sign it's weird we're looking at the draft and i think we had about well i mean when we're looking on the on the in the women's division part of this is because it's a fantasy draft and we're all just like we have different principles behind how we're making our picks but i feel like you we started going down the roster and jumped to the nxt roster way more quickly on the women's side than on the on the men's side Right. I mean, don't is like you, you know, there's the very top of the top in the women's division and the main roster. And then you're like immediately you're like, 
do I want so-and-so or should I just go Roxanne? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, I don't know. I feel like that. I, I feel like. I feel like there's more turnover in the women's division though. Like, I feel like, I, th- well, I feel like more women come. It's still a get, smaller division. But it's you're, a small division. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're right. We got to talk AEW now. So Kaz, do you want to leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that's my cue, guys. No, I, uh, unfortunately, I got I, I got tied up uh, doing something. But I, I'd love to talk about that four pillars segment before I break out of there. I know. Uh, yeah, MJF, God bless you, sir, because it, it really showed just how far and away he is from everybody else uh, that was considered a pillar. And, uh, I, and, it, and it has nothing to do with the title, has nothing to do with the championship, but you know, it's really hard to start off a AEW show uh, with a talking segment. And only people that really did that was the Elite, CM Punk, and Moxley. And giving that segment to go out there and talk and not just work is a big spot to have. And unfortunately, I think Jungle Boy, Darby, and um, Sammy. Sammy Guevara kind of didn't pass the smell test, man. Like, well, are they? Feel... Are they? I mean, so we're spinning off Sammy and Jungle Boy. It looks like, and just going like with it. going with Darby MJF, which is probably the right move uh, in terms of reaction and everything else. But I, but I, uh, I, I just I had bought into the four pillars four way idea. But yeah, uh, but um, but you're right. Maybe I we'll mean, get listen, it one day. Darby's the only. I mean, you're right. Darby's the only one that's like that can keep up in a in a pure. Uh, you know, it factor contest right now. Yes, yes. Uh, Jungle Boy still needs a little bit more seasoning, even though I was big on him as a, as, a, as a, with a baby face run. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not yet for Sammy. Not yet for Sammy. <laughs> I got to go, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but, yo, Bree Waters. All right. Got you, bro. All right. Later, shoes. Later, man. And now we welcome to the show Brian H. Waters. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know, sitting in the uh, dugout, just watching and enjoying the conversation. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, so, do you want to keep talking pillars? Let's keep talking pillars. Mm-hmm. You rank since we're since we're in the midst of doing the draft. We're you know what we're we're definitely going to do an AEW draft immediately on the heels of this WWE draft because now that we're going to have two separate rosters, it's current. It, it's <laughs> it it you know it's newsy, and also yeah. I'm just like so like there's way more fun. It's a way more fun mental exercise to build yeah. these separate universes. One, because they've never done it in AEW. Well, not really. Actually, no, they haven't done it because they have uh, they have Ring of Honor and they're still talent. So it just walks back and forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but more importantly, um, because it does feel like they're going to, potentially it's going to be more of a hard split, right? Yep. I mean, so, like at least from what we're told, they're not going to be, you know, Punk's not going to be running back and forth between the show. So, um, if you had to, if you had to rank the four pillars on your draft board, mm-hmm. what do you got? MJF, Darby, Sammy, and then Jungle Boy. On the one hand, I think it's kind of unobjectionable, but on the other hand, I mean, as, as far as ranking them goes, but on the other hand, <sighs> your uh, opinions may vary pretty wildly when it comes to actually making the pick. Yeah. Right. Actually, the actually you put me on the clock. I'm going to go MJF number one. Mm-hmm. But depending on what the rest of my board looks like, depending That's on true. how what the other picks look like, I mean, if you need, if you, even if all three of those guys are on the board, man, if I need a white meat baby face, I might go Perry. I might go Jungle Boy over over Darby. He can hold down the mid card for sure. Yeah. You know, but if I'm looking for somebody who has. So and Sammy, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, so Sammy, you know, he's going to give you good matches, but for me, with him, sometimes it just seemed like it's not memorable. Like, he moves, like, he was moving too fast sometimes. Where Darby, we've watched him evolve, but he has this connection that's kind of hard to explain with I, certain parts I admire Darby Allen more than I enjoy him as a wrestler. Like, I, like, yeah. I would, like, his, his draft, and, and I'm, and I'm, I know that that's that that I'm that, that that I'm an outlier in that sense. Like Phil Schneider loves Darby Allen. I mean, and and, and has put Darby Allen matches mm-hmm. in his match of the week column over and over again. And 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 I really enjoy. Usually when he's writing about him, I love those matches. But I don't like thirst for a Darby Allen match. Right. Generally, um, there's definitely some matchups I want to see, but there's some that I just like really don't want to see. And sometimes he, he, he frequently proves me wrong. Um, but I can't say that I thirst after a, uh, after a jungle boy match at, right. at any point. There's some, I mean, it's funny cause I don't, it sounds like you're being harsh to Sammy Guevara, but, but the fact of the matter is like, it's what you said is kind of true. We've come on the show and talked about Sammy Guevara matches after they happened. Like, holy shit, I can't believe that bump he took or that thing he did. I mean, in a very literal way that like I don't remember, but I don't remember exactly what were <laughs> some of them in this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they are sort of, it's not like they're forgettable as like an insult, but I have sort of forgotten a lot of them. Um, I don't know. It's 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 really intriguing. It's a it's a, it's an interesting conversation. But I think that what the the the, the setup of this feud was a little bit of a testing ground, right? I mean, yes. this is, you put Darby Allen in the ring, he's the one that the crowd treated like an equal to MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think because of that alone, he's just head and shoulders above everybody else. I think and the thing is, I would just probably, I would probably just book him differently than, than he's been booked. And this is not a complaint. This is my own itchy perception of everything. Because there's no way you can see the reaction that guy gets and not just be like, yes, 100% yes. Um, Sammy and Jungle Boy uh, are different. You know, I, I think I think they are a notch down. But but it would be interesting if well, it will. It would. It will be interesting when we're all put on the spot being forced to do this. Yeah. And we're not going to do a goddamn snake draft next time. <laughs> no, the snake draft is fine. I just want to make Ben uncomfortable. <laughs> What's interesting um, is like I'm thinking about like the ruthless aggression, right? And the and this is I know it's not fair to make this comparison, but thinking of four people: John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. You know, and look how that shaped the company moving forward. I don't necessarily have that confidence with these four pillars, but because like with those guys, you saw it. Like the first time you looked at Randy Orton. You saw a star. Obviously, Brock Lesnar. You know, John Cena, did we see him becoming what he did? Maybe not. No. You know, Batista on the, like the No. I mean, he he looked he looked crazy. He looked there. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this can happen because as a fan of pro wrestling, I want to see it just go onward and upward. So who knows? Maybe it's some more evolving. Definitely. Definitely Jungle Boy, or you know, we got to you know figure out if he's gonna be Jack Perry or Jungle Boy Jack Perry, you know, because I remember he said in that after Full Gear how you know he kind of wanted to evolve and get from the Jungle Boy name, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I agree. I totally agree. Um, 
speaking of those uh, AEW originals, mm-hmm. your guy Wardlow reclaimed the TNT Championship um, in a big win over Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, uh, Arn Anderson was involved. Arn Anderson's white tracksuit also involved. <laughs> what did you think about that? I mean, the, the, we're talking about the how, building these people who are the younger jet guys, the AEW generation. I mean, Wardlow was. You, you mentioned Batista. Mm. Wardlow got compared to Batista by like every single wrestling fan in the world. Yeah, he had the big feud with MJF, and then he was just sort of left adrift afterwards. Um. There's been a lot of criticism of how that was handled, you know, cr- from a creative point of view, et cetera. But um, we don't know everything that goes into it, whatever. And the interesting thing is that Powerhouse Hobbs has just sort of evolved into what Wardlow could have been in the, you know, in a in very short order. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're, you know, feuding with each other. Now Wardlow beat Hobbs for the championship. I don't think it's an either or, like only one of those guys gets a push, but. Hell, we'll do the draft board. Which of those guys would you take first? Right now is Warlow. Um, I just see him moving more further up independently. Mm-hmm. So right now is him. Hobbs is Hobbs has come so far since he first showed up. Yeah. I mean, Hobbs when he was hired was people liked the idea, but I mean, just look at the sick shape he's got himself in. I know mm-hmm. that they, 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 you know, everybody trains and quote-unquote trains in different ways but like you know i've always been it's like this is like all these people so all all you ever want to do is be a wrestler and mm. you get a full-time job at it man that's uh, you know beefing up is part of the job or not necessarily <laughs> depending on your character but it's good to see somebody really take that seriously you know yeah. there's no spike to him i just you know i just feel like the trajectory for warlow you know it's just a little bit higher but I mean, this is definitely a feud I would like to see for the world title within five years. You know how we saw Rock and Triple H at, you know, fully loaded 98 going at it for the IC title. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, they had SummerSlam, you know? So I like I like to see... As much as I've said that in the past, that like Wardlow, and I, we said it kind of jokingly, but when we, when a, early days of AW, we would talk about who's going to be the first one to jump ship. Nobody mm-hmm. had Cody for the record. Right. Um, but I remember saying Wardlow a couple of times because he just seems like a guy that'd be like an easy, you know, Vince would see him and be like, yes, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I think that Wardlow is a better fit for AW in some ways and Powerhouse Hobbs is a better fit for WWE. And that just in, uh, let me, this is Hot Take City, but let me just make this really clear. Mm-hmm. AW, their film, the way they film the matches, the way they film the ring and just the way they focus their shows, it's a much more of a, in-ring content sort of place that's not controversial to say but it's very it's more old-fashioned you know i mean obviously there's a throwback quality to a lot of the way they do it but to me the intended viewer for an aew event is like the guy sitting in the 10th row and the intended viewer for a wwe event is the guy watching at home on tv Mm -hmm. and powerhouse Hobbs can do more in a zoomed in camera shot yeah, than Wardlow can. That's true. Um, and I think that's what really matters. I think Wardlow's a better wrestler. Uh, you know, he's not Kenny Omega, neither of these guys are or whatever, but like I think he's 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 shown that he can do more bell to bell, and so I think he's a better fit that way. And he certainly has a lot of the he can speak to the crowd physically. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he, he could do a lot of that work. But I think they're both I think you're right. Looking at what those guys are gonna do together in the future yeah. is a real right way to look at this. Um, 
moving on, mm-hmm. Jay White had his debut match. Mm. Fought Commander, who's now officially All Elite. Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, it was a weird clash of styles to have as your de- have as somebody's debut match in AEW. Um, I don't know. Like, are the Lucha guys in a world where we can't really have jobbers? Mm-hmm. Is a guy like Commander the new jobber because he's got nothing to lose? Like he's got like he can go out there and do his five things and comes out just as uh, just as good, just as polished up as if he'd won, right? So it's like you can justify him winning every single night. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect you can justify sense. sorry him losing every single night. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now I think about it because sitting there looking at the. You know, a lot of the Lucha guys. And if I'm not familiar, I hate to be that guy, but it's like, okay, so wait, all right, what's his story? And then what's his story? So, but yeah, I think they can definitely go in there and, like you said, hit their moves, hit their, you know, as Cass say, play the hits, and then get the talent over the guy you just signed, the guy you put the money in, you get them mm-hmm. over. So, Yeah. It's like a guy with a big entrance or something, you know. It'd be like having like the like 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 peak Mr. Kennedy coming out and doing the entrance and then just getting power bombed and losing. It's mm-hmm. like, well, we got everything we needed. From, yeah. you know? <laughs> but back to Jay White, um, I think they could have done better for his first match. That obviously wasn't ideal. But man, I can't. I'm. I think I'm officially. I'm officially too drunk on Jay White. Like I. I, I can't. My opinion of him is is gotten too high that I feel like I shouldn't be even talking about him anymore. I feel like I like I should just leave that to people who can be more sober about this. Um, <laughs> I just think he, I like I fan I fanboy for him like so few wrestlers in the modern era, and I don't know why. I just like the way he works, the way he talks, the way he, I don't know, man. He's good. I got He's a lot of shit it. for saying he could be a bigger spectacle. What would I say? A bigger? Um, I use the Vince McMahon term. What does he say? A, a bigger uh, star, not a bigger star, but a bigger whatever. I could, he could be like a bigger deal for AEW than um, than Kenny Omega, and I didn't mean he could be better than Kenny Omega I mean, by any by any metric. I could just see a world where like he's the top guy, uh, you know, for like an extended period of time. No, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Do you? Where is he? How high is he going to rank on your draft board? He would rank high because I think. It, like right now, it's hard for me to see him taking a bunch of L's, and I think mm-hmm. that you know, I kind of feel like like right now it just feels like MJF has the title in a chokehold, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's necessarily a good thing. And I think maybe because yeah. I feel like there's so many more people better than him. As much as I enjoy him and I enjoy his microphone work, I guess it's MJF. More, yeah, yeah, I. I'm over the title reign already, but I'm trying to be mm-hmm. patient. So, you know, but a guy like Jay White is somebody... I'm with you. Him. I'm a little bit with you on that. I'm not 100% with you on that. But mm-hmm. I do think that... But you're right. You're, the champ is not the biggest star. When CM Punk comes back, he's not going to be... You know, he's going to be moved down another notch. Um, Despite, you know, like his history with CM Punk. <laughs> right. Um, By the way, do you see this tweet? This deleted tweet from MJF? Nah, which one? Uh... Somebody tweeted a thing about Goldberg possible entering return, just whatever, just a random, like, I don't know if it was a dirt sheet or whatever. Some some Twitter some, some Twitter account tweeted about Goldberg potentially returning, and MJF 
quote tweeted it and said, I'd beat the living shit out of this roided up Jew. And and then, <laughs> and then deleted it. Well, he said. That make, does that does that make you? I, I should have mentioned this with Kaz here. He's gonna be, he'd be so excited. That that's the worksheet we're talking about, right? Yeah, like that's he, that's it. That's the match. He's like speaking it into reality. Mm-hmm. We we gotta have it now. I know, I know. Um, but I do think MJF is a MJF can rise to any level, right? You could put MJF in the ring with like Pete Hogan, and I think he'd be fine. He'd be very. He'd be very uh, uh, Roddy Piper esque. That's the thing in that role. Like, that's what. But I, but I don't know that. But you can't. But if it's. But if it's MJF versus, let's just say Wardlow comes back and he's just like, I still owe you one. Mm-hmm. So let's and, and they have a championship match at All In. There's no way that's the headline match. That's the thing right there. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, not. But there's not many people that could drag. And even someone as big a deal as Wardlow over that line, right? I mean, it's not like it's specific to MJF, but it is It, it is an interesting spot. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it, though, as a booking strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't think the title belt necessarily is going to make, like, pick your dudes, you know? Yeah. Like Danielson versus Omega, again, like if they the going on when does a title belt make that a bigger deal? Not significantly, but it, sure, it certainly is going to make MJF Darby a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. It's, and that's it's, the it's, thing, establishing with these four pillars, you kind of need the title on MJF. So I get that part, you know, because you, you're building new stars. But it's just like right now, at one point he felt like the most important person on the show. Right now he don't. Yeah, it's true. Well, whatever. Um, did you see John Morrison knock that dude out? <laughs> I didn't see the knockout, but I saw all the quotes. That he had it afterwards, including how he doesn't want to go back to WWE, but then he uh-huh. you know, called out what I think he said Triple H, Cody, Roman, and CM Punk. He did mm-hmm. something he never did, which was win a real fight. I know that was. Here's the thing: he can call out people sort of sarcastically. It works for him. No one, no one's going to take that too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a, it was a really. It was not the most cinematic knockout you've ever seen. It was like just a sort of straight right that put the guy down and it wasn't, you know. Yeah. You can go you should go watch it. I but will. it is pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny that Johnny that, that Johnny Nitro is like in the knockout game now, in the in the the real sports game. He called out KSI after the match. <laughs> um did you see he was re- like? Do you see his ring the the people who like walked to the ring with him? It was like Josh Barnett and then like just the craziest poo-poo platter of current and former WWE wrestlers that he, you know, uh, non-WWE wrestlers who he had relationships with. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it was so crazy. It, I mean, just what a spectacle. I love the walkout, though. I don't think we can really do that in WWE because it just takes, it'll take too much. Uh, or AEW because it just take you know, people, there's more crews in AEW, but there's, but it would, you know, you can't just have like all of your backstage friends come out for a big match with you because that just creates too much havoc in the kayfabe, you know, chessboard. Mm-hmm. But it is a really cool look, man. If like for like one or two main events a year, if like, you know, you come out with like all of your buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the Your trainers are out there. <laughs> like everybody's there. Mm-hmm. I see the knockout. Somebody, somebody should just it. do that look. Someone <laughs> should do that look even without out of, like whatever. Just like have... All have the fight team come to the ring with you, and the fight team is just like whoever's backstage, writers and producers and shit, like people <laughs> that nobody knows. Yep. 
that could be, that would that would look kind of cool. Rousey didn't do it, but I guess she's trying to break away from it anyway. Anyway, um, that, that that was a. I, I have no problem with mm-hmm. pro wrestlers going in and real punching people in the ring. I think it's you know, I mean, Jake you, Paul, you, that would be good for him. It would draw money for him. Oh I yeah, say, for his purse. That should have been part of the deal, man. We just yeah. like we'll send people right over to because oh, WWE should have a problem with it, though. I mean, it's not <laughs> that's the issue. Is that like you know somebody gets Bart gunned and all of a sudden they lose all of their <laughs> cred? I mean, you're gonna say no, not because look at Brock Lesnar, but Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar is a fire breathing dragon. I, uh, he just doesn't count. Um, what do you think about Adam Cole and Chris Jericho? Um, <sighs> I liked it. No, no, I I really liked it. Both okay. guy, both of those guys are in. Neither of those guys are in on the Jay White tier for me. Really? And well, but I mean that sort of self-deprecatingly. Like Jay White is like I, gotcha. I'm not a fanboy for either of those guys as much as I love them as performers. Okay. Um, I think I'm that way with Cole. I'm a huge fan. So of what Cole. did you? So what did you think? You go first. What did you think about it? I feel it was ten years too late. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Jericho side of things, just I think maybe because I was also looking at aesthetics, and that might not be fair. Like, there's no doubt about it. I think they'll go out there and have a, you know, a fun match. But I was like, man, this is something I wanted to see like ten years ago, maybe five years ago. You know, I, I still selfishly wish Cole was still in WWE, but he's in AEW, and I'm fine with it. But I like I in it. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, now I need to see more. I didn't yeah, like... well, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. One, Jericho is not that far removed from us just like gushing over him having insanely good matches on like random episodes of Dynamite, right? Remember, yeah. he, I mean, he had that little run and he's he still got a lot of that too. From a very practical point of view, He's a full-time wrestler. You have That's to, you, you know, you can't book around that and just be like, no, we're just going to put him in like legends matches or whatever. It's like yeah. Jericho versus Jeff Hardy at Wembley Stadium or whatever, <laughs> which by the way, my kid came home yesterday. And he was like, I got you. I got you a present. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, I don't know when series 125 came out, but um, oh my God, the back of it has. The, I'm, I'm holding up a Jeff Hardy toy for everybody who's listening to this on a podcast and not watching the video, which no one will see. So apologies. <laughs> Came in with a Jeff Hardy action figure. I was like, oh, cool. You found an AEW. Oh, no, it's WWE. <laughs> and then the other Series 125s that are on the back are The Rock, but it's like, it's the uh, lamb, it's the long sideburns, The Rock, yeah. like, you know, like and- Die Rocky Die era rock. Uh Elias, like old school Elias with the giant beard and really long hair. Mm-hmm. Not trying to promote any conspiracy theories here, but uh, he's he does look different. Uh, Ember Moon and Isaiah Swerve Scott. So oh, wow, this is a strong. This is this might as well be an AEW action figure. It's funny you said um, die Rocky die, and uh, I was listening to the Book of Wrestling. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like going back and listening to episodes, and uh, it's funny because my boy Dwayne said the other day. He said he likes it. He calls it a case study on professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So We're going to start doing I swear to God, that show is going to come back, man. We got we got some negotiations going on, but we're going to make that. Like, that's my passion. Yeah. We're going to get that done. Um, No, I think that Jericho's, I think Jericho versus Cole, I didn't. I didn't love the promo, and I don't. And I don't know exactly why. But mm-hmm. I will say that I do think that that matchup. Yeah. 
it's sort of like uh I think I might have, my gut reaction might have been the same as yours, but now mm. I see. But but after watching it, after like living with it, I'm just like, no, this is exactly the right thing to do. Yeah, I just think it's a per, it's a perfect. I don't care who wins or loses. I think it's the perfect like, you know, it's a dream recalibration match, match for both of them. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's that's the word. <laughs> um, and I'm actually interested to see it belt to belt. Like I want to see what that looks like. You mm-hmm. know, this is. Jericho's gotten in the ring with a lot of just like high work rate dudes, obviously. Uh, Adam Cole is really just a top tier dude in terms of what he can do belt to belt. Although there's, you know, a lot of complaints about the sameness of his matches, which are justifiable, but that's that seems like a reasonably easy fix. They would have said the Um, same about Flair if it was social media. I know like Brett said that in his book. Like you've seen one Ric Flair match, you've seen them all. Don't necessarily agree. I mean, some parts, yeah. You know, you're gonna see the flip over, but you know, it's just people like to talk. That is absolutely true, and it's absolutely <laughs> true about Flair. Flair is Flair. We talked about Flair last week in terms of like refusing a job to people with that Monday or last yeah, Thursday. I remember. <laughs> Flair Flair would check every single box for a despised wrestler, and that's to say nothing of him. You know, taking selfies with Mongo's wife, that sort of activity, <laughs> drinking at the bar. <laughs> Though you know, just the personality stuff, airplane ride from hell, etc. He yeah. even setting that stuff aside, he checks every box for like a dude who would be hated by the internet if he was a wrestler. But yes. guess what? He's Rick fucking Flair, and everybody would still love him. Mm-hmm. Some people are just personality wise immune to that kind of criticism. But you're right. If you Rick Flair did have a lot of sameness in his matches, I'd say more than Adam Cole. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. Maybe not if you look at Rick's big, big matches. We're we're talking about like title, like major, major. Uh, they're not as they're not as samey. Man, I'd have to go back and watch save for sure, but not quite as samey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to see Jericho. I like I like old Jericho fighting young Jericho. I mean, that's basically what this yeah. can be, right? I mean, it's like Jericho looking in the mirror and saying, like you know, fifty pounds ago. 50 pounds and 20 years ago you were I was you mm-hmm. um, and we couldn't get Cole and Shawn Michaels so but we got Jericho exactly. and Shawn Michaels so it's like that that transition that's the lineage mm-hmm. and then what is going to be the next iteration of this it'll be Cole versus like Carmelo Hayes okay in a in a, in a forbidden door match <laughs> in 10 years or something um what do you think? Is, is there any new any new uh, WWE sale news this week? Anything exciting going on in the world of of the future of WWE? Mm, what, so, I saw an article where it said Nick Khan said they were going to be aggressive with cuts, but I know you just said they wouldn't be. No, 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 no. This is getting. This is getting the well. I think what I'm about to say probably comes from people inside WWE mm-hmm. that have, and other people have said it too. So I guess take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. But the impression that I that I get is that they're going to be incredibly, maybe more so than we realized. But uh, who knows? Who knows? They will be aggressive with cuts mm-hmm. internally. That's not a WWE thing. That is an Endeavor thing. Got this it. is a where every cost like. I have no intel. I think I've said this before, but like if you own, if you're, if you're combining WWE and UFC, do you need two HR departments? No, I mean, it would, mm. you know, do you need to, do you need separate merch departments? Mm-hmm. Do you need, you know, uh, 
separate ad promo. A second time I said ad promo in the show, which is really bizarre. But do you need do you need all of these separate departments? No. And I think that it's going to be if you're like someone who works in Stanford or whatever, it's going to be, you know, or in Las Vegas for the UFC, I'm sure there's going to be a day that'll feel like a bloodbath. Like half of our folks are gone, you know? I think um, that'll make, not to be... And also there's... Oh, go, oh, go ahead, what? I was going to say not to be rude or... Um, insensitive. Yeah, insensitive. But I think that'll make the fans feel better, not wondering on edge if their favorite wrestlers are going to be gone. Yeah, so I think that they will be looking for that kind of stuff. I don't think, I think that there probably will be, I think that the decision about, the decisions about hiring and firing wrestlers will probably be made on in a different way going mm-hmm. forward. That's not based on anything that anybody told me. That's just based on, hey, there's a new, you know, mm-hmm. new corporate structure here. Yeah. But from what that I've been told, every, everything has been, every, all those, dis- all those, at least all the discussions that they've had over the past year because mm-hmm. there have been some layoffs already and 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 to this point going forward are about office staff it's hands off th- those discussions just don't include wrestlers now does that mean there won't be a separate conversation down the road where they're just like also we need to cut the talent budget by half like maybe but that's not what that's not what anybody's talking about in public right now it's certainly not what nick Khan is talking about or anything like that i i find it i find it really hard to imagine especially is they're going to be like exploring this sort of Worlds of corporate synergy, you know, like live event synergies and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, Me I've too. always had a thing. I've always had this, this thing where I'm like, at some point, the house shows are going to go away. Oh. I don't mean like tomorrow, right. but at some point when you're a $9 billion company, whatever the profit is from house shows, it's like a vanishingly small piece of the bottom line. And is it, but Vince always really cared about the house shows in terms of just like the, the getting like, Keep, like reaching literally reaching the fans in cities that wouldn't get an episode of raw or a pay-per-view mm-hmm. um they make weirdly a lot of money compared to like I, you make more money off of like a saturday night house show than an episode of raw because you don't have to bring in the production trucks exactly. you know um and honestly no one has said anything like this to me but it would be crazy if they didn't start looking at what combining UFC WWE house shows could do. Ooh. Now UFC's got a whole different thing because you can't just roll fighters out twice in a weekend. You right. know, I mean that's it that would really change the business model for them in a way that, you know, they couldn't. But like, I mean WWE isn't affected by that. But if we're talking about like a, you know, whatever, like a Saturday night in 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 I mean I don't even know what the town is. Saturday night in Topeka or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, does it make sense to try to like get 8,000 people in there or get like 20,000 people in there and have like a back to back WWE and UFC super show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, who knows? But I think anything's possible. And my guess is that we're not going to be seeing like, Who's, who are some wrestlers that only work house shows? Like wrestlers that are employed that that only like the Good Brothers. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not the only ones. They're they're an example of really famous ones. I don't even know how much they're working in the house circuit, but like we don't see them on TV a ton. But they're still very employed. Mm-hmm. I don't see a situation where they're going to get released until they figure out what the business model moving forward is. That would be kind of reckless. Oh, well, I'll see. Mm-hmm. That was a long monologue about. <laughs> 
and that stuff. Um, what else do we need to head on before we get out of here? Um, SmackDown tonight. Oh yeah, two championship matches. Tentatively, tentatively excited about the women's tag team match. I, I don't care about either of these tag teams as teams, and that affects my enjoyment of it. But okay. I like all these wrestlers, so um, it'll be interesting. I would love to see an upset. I know. I would too. I just don't think there's any chance of it. Is there? No, Maybe there not is. really. But I, I just think like Sonya and Chelsea would. <laughs> It would be fun watching them walk around with the gold and just, you know, torture everybody. I mean, I liked the idea of Chelsea and Carmella as a team. Mm-hmm. This one might certainly has more potential because it's just a little odd coupley, and they're both like such distinct personalities. Yeah, they both get it. They're both good and get a good reaction from the crowd. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say the champions retain, but oh, it's yeah. a it's a it's a, uh, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. I think in the other title match, we can all agree that Xavier Woods is gonna win. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of matches where we feel like there's a foregone conclusion, I'm a I will choose Woods versus Gunther a hundred times out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. We talked about it earlier in the show. Woods yeah. cares a lot about his body. Well, guess what? <laughs> He doesn't have a lot of choice in this one, so maybe he's just going to pull out all the Ooh. all the big moves. Maybe I'll call Francesca. Well, I guess he don't have Francesca no more because them chops going. Oof. I don't know, man. <laughs> you think we're going to see any other members of the New Day? Nah, I don't think so. Is it too much of a tease at this point to trot out Big E if you're not going to use him? Yeah, I think so. What if Big E got real skinny? Would that change? <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be E... What would be or or fat? What if Big E came out not in ring shape? Would it be okay? No. <laughs> By the way, talk to Big E at WrestleMania. That dude's in better shape than he was when he was working That's, all the time. Yeah, I saw him uh, on the way to one of the press junkets. Big E might be, man. WWE has so many giants, but Big E might be. I know I'm, this is definitely I, I'm gonna forget somebody, but get in my mentions and tell me that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. Biggie might be the number one can't go out in public without getting a recognized guy in the entire sport. Mm. If you know wrestlers, yeah, I'm not saying the biggest star, but if you know wrestlers, he could wear a he could wear like a triple XL muumu and a wig, <laughs> and you'd still be like, that's Biggie. Like he's just so identity. He's so big in such unique directions. Yeah, that like he's. How does that guy go to the movies? Nah, you're right. Well, like, literally, how does he go to? I would. Lo- <laughs> I just want to see a show. This is Biggie trying to drive rental cars or something. I mean, that would be hilarious. But like, <laughs> I feel like he gets identified a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is, we were standing in the hotel in the lobby, and he just walked in in his like shorts and t-shirt or whatever. He's not trying to hide from anybody. Mm-hmm. Nah, whatever. you're right though. He's definitely recognizable. Woods versus Gunther. Match of the week. Lock it in. Yeah. Paul Phil. Like, I mean, Woods is going <laughs> to pull out all the stops. Gunther's going to be Gunther. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Facts. Um, it's going to be, I mean, that's like, I like doing this show on Fridays because we can, <laughs> I can really get excited about SmackDown and then we'll, uh, and then you can just go watch SmackDown in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, uh oh backlash officially we got we got Brock versus Cody yeah. and um and uh Bloodline versus Riddle Zane and Owens 
Yep. We excited for both of those? Is that the right move? I think so. Uh, I, I think I think you know six man tag. That's what it was last year. Backlash is kind of that show, just like kind of bring you down off your mania mm-hmm. high and just kind of relax. It's good for the people that are attending for sure because mm-hmm. they get the you know get wrestling. So now when we say the bloodline, we're not talking about Roman Reigns, right? Where do you think Roman Reigns is going to be? At the night of Judgment Day, what vacation destination? What steakhouse? What hit home in his presumed mansion? In the air on his presumed private jet? Where do you think Roman Reigns is going to be? On the island of Samoa, <laughs> with the with the rest of the family, and making sure you know tuning in with the ancestors, and making sure Solo is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, my wife always says. This is going to go in a weird direction. I mean, I, this is not what you expect. My wife always says that she wants to get like, like when the kids move out, uh huh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get the pool, we're gonna get the like whatever. We're gonna like do like do the place up so that, or like as yeah, even as the kids get older, so that like they want to come home, mm. right? Yeah, like or that's when you move and you're just like, hey, we live in Florida now. Like, come to our beach house whenever, you know, like whatever, you know, like that's you want, you want, you're never going to want your kids to be that far away from you and never going to want them to be like, yeah, but I'd rather hang out with my friends than visit this Christmas or whatever. So to keep them around, you got to, you got to go, you got to turn your place into the resort, right? Yep. (laughs) Never really thought about the huge advantage of like being a bitch already living on Samoa or, you know, Hawaii or any something like that, you know, just uh, like, uh-huh. and if you're Roman Reigns or someone, or even, you don't even have to be that famous. If you're Solo Sokoa and you got family over there, I think his dad's not in Samoa. I think his dad, where, where do they live in Georgia or whatever? Uh, but like, if you, I don't know, but regardless, yeah. if you can just go to Samoa and say, oh, I'm just going to go visit the family, you know, make it a two for one, visit the fam, just spend a couple of days on the beach. That's a pretty good setup. Mm-hmm. Or, that should just be part of his promo, dude. You, I don't care if I lose. When I lose, I go to Samoa. Uh-huh. I get to. <laughs> I live at a resort. Yeah, he's the tribal chief. Um. Anyway, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, we got to finish our draft. Does Cheap Heat got their picks in or what? Um, let me check. Uh, no, nah, nothing's coming through. We yeah, got. I can't wait to just take their picks away from them. <laughs> No, Ben Cruz is running this thing because I'm way too biased. Although Ben is sure biased in favor of your show. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We had the, 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 I don't think there were any real shockers. But I think it's, a, it's been a good draft because just about every pick mm. has made the other two teams say like, God damn it. Right. That's the fun part. Also, we have two similar opinions. We got to get some wild cards in here. We got to get some like some people have totally different points of view and value totally different things, but it's, it'll be, it's pretty fun. Now I got Now we're working on like shoring up the roster. Mm-hmm. We're at the back half of the draft. I'm like, guys, we need some more work right in here. Like we, <laughs> you know, like, um, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. The funny thing though, and I'll just we'll close on this is looking at the thing about the Miz, um, thinking about guys like Seamus, I don't think Sheamus has been drafted yet. Nope. You could actually have an entire wrestling company built on WWE stars who have like not had a match over three stars in the past five years. Mm-hmm. And it would turn out just fine. Oh, definitely. 
anyway, something to think about. And then next the AEW draft, and it's going to be fun. But Monday, come back here, same time, same channel, same mask time, same mask channel, and we will, uh, and we will start. I think start unveiling the uh, the top picks in the Ringer Wrestling Show draft, mm-hmm. um, which we will have won. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> I think the fans get to vote. We'll have to go through that whole process. Anyway, yeah, until be then, a graphic on Twitter at Ringer Wrestling, right? Yeah, we're gonna yeah check the check our Twitter account. They took our blue check, but we still ring a wrestling. We still got our freedom, uh, and we'll be posting. We'll be posting the draft board. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I hope we come out on top. It's a little bit hard to. It's a little bit hard to see through the, you know, the fog of war or whatever. But anyway, Brian, thank you for doing this. Thanks to Kaz. No uh, you can just check out his plugs from the last episode because I'm sure they're <laughs> the same this week. Be sure to listen to all the great shows. The whole Ringer Wrestling Show Network will be talking about our internal draft and the upcoming WWE draft starting next week. Mm-hmm. Um, ours actually has more stakes because we can make fun of each other for the rest of our lives about people that we picked. Yep. Uh, and, you know, WWE draft, who knows? They'll probably be switching brands in like 15 minutes. But anyway, uh, come back on Monday. We'll talk about it there. Check out all these great shows. You know how it goes. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Brian again as the producer. This is the formal place where I thank the producer. It was already thank- I was already thank- just thanking him before for being on the show. Um, apologies always to John Moxley. We really like left out a John Moxley conversation the past three weeks in a row. So sincere apologies to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Monday, humanoids. Peace. <laughs>